Welcome to another edition of the A-List Podcast. You got A-Shirab Blakely with the incomparable, incredibly coordinated Kwani A. Lunas. Looking like a Juneteenth queen up in the building here. Got the hair did, the earrings, got the braids looking fresh to death, got the fuchsia top on. Girl, you trying to kill the game today. I represent for the people. Happy post-Juneteenth. It's still June, a whole month of Juneteenth at this point. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. And it, it's it's a month where obviously we're, we're drawing a lot of attention to just some of the, you know, off the court issues that mm-hmm. people of color are thinking about. Uh, but closer to home, uh, the, the talk around here has been about Brad Stevens and the Celtics and, and specifically what Brad Stevens is doing in his new role as GM. Uh, right now they're in the middle of a head coaching search, which is going to certainly, uh, looks like we're getting near the finish line with that. Uh, are there right now, latest was that Darvin Ham, uh, Chauncey Bills were among the folks that were, I'm a Udoka assistant with the Brooklyn Nets was another name. And it looks like those are the three finalists, if you will, at this point, uh, of those three, do you have a sense, uh, do you have a preference of, of any of those three? I'm not gonna lie. When I when I saw Udoka's name pop up in the conversation, I was like, "Oh, so like." Ooh. <laughs> I see that. Money went in the queen mode. Then she's just okay. like, "Oh." <laughs> well then, no, I, you know, I think the biggest name that I've heard, you know, I've been doing like a people survey of just trying to get the, a, a sense of what people are saying, and I think Chauncey Billups is someone that a lot of people. I think it's more of the name recognition a lot of times, mm-hmm. but it seems as though. The fans that I've talked to would love to see him in that position. But the thing that those three people have in common are the fact that they are black men. And we see very clearly, actually, Jalen tweeted this past week or a week before the fact that the NBA still only has four black NBA head coaches. So there clearly is a need for diversity. I know these I think we talked about this last week, but the hire someone not because of what they look like. Twitter was in a riot because we've been saying that. But the reality is that the players want to see themselves reflected, not only in the front office, but the people that are leading you. How can you really, and I'm not saying you couldn't trust a white coach, obviously that's not the case, but it is a little more comforting when you see someone that is in a higher position that looks like you and kind of shows you that there is a possibility for success, whether that is not a role you'd aspire to or not. I think the NBA is just a prime example of a lot of these black men playing at the, you know, at the lower level, when you look at the stacking of the NBA overall, and then the leadership doesn't really reflect them and really can't understand them as people. So the fact that there are black men in the running for this position, I think is very important to the future of not only the Celtics, but the future of the league overall. Well, to me, the the biggest thing that that I've kind of come to the realization is that most of these players want to be coached by folks who can literally understand exactly what they're going through. And there's no better type of player for that than former players. Uh, And the three, the three former players in particular that are in the running still for the Celtics job. The one thing about all of them is that yes, they're black and yes, they're all former players, but the thing that people are losing sight of, which I think is, is, is a shame because they want to get caught up in the whole, um, why are we talking about the color of their skin? Focus on the fact that all three of those guys are champions. All right. three of those guys have, have been in or in some of the best organizations in the world. Chauncey Billups is an NBA Finals MVP. Udoka has had great success on the bench of Greg Popovich. And Darvin Ham, who was, again, I know Darvin Ham. For, we go way, way back because he's okay. he's from Michigan and he's okay. from one of the toughest cities in Michigan. Forget about Detroit. 
Detroit is what it is. But Saginaw ain't no joke. Uh, Flint ain't no joke. There's a lot of cities that are gritty and grimy, and Darvin is one of those guys. One of the things about him, and and, and we're going to move on after this, but the one thing about Darvin, I will say this. He was a guy that averaged about two points a game and got about eight, nine, ten years in the league. And folks have said, well, you know what? How can you really follow a guy who only averaged two points in the league? And then my my response has always been, how do you think a guy could last in the league averaging two points? Clearly, he's bringing something to the game that goes beyond stats. And knowing Darvin – we talk about accountability. We talk about coaches who get in your face. We talk about coaches who will put you on front street if you step out of line. I ain't worried about Darvin in that regard. And the thing about Darvin, the way he has played, the way he's carried himself as an assistant coach, the way he has been as a man, I ain't worried about him if he get that job. I mean, look, the key for him and all those guys that we're talking about is what kind of staff can they put together? Uh, because the one thing that you, you have to be mindful of when you're talking about head coaches, as in t- there are certain head coaches that have a style about them that it doesn't matter who you put around it from a system standpoint, they're going to be okay. If yeah. you might, you know, uh, you know, Thibodeau in New York is always going to be the best defensive mind on his staff. D'Antoni, he's always going to be the best offensive mind. For the rest of these coaches, it's about putting guys and, and women around them that complement what they do. And I think Darvin, I think Ima Yudoka, I think Chauncey, all those guys understand that. And, and I, I think if whoever of those three gets the job, I think it'll be a good hire. Uh, so, who do you talk to you a little more at this moment right now, though? What's that? I said, does anyone stand? I, you talked really highly of Dar- Darvin. Do you think? He's a front runner in your head as someone that should be more considered for the role. I think he's a dark horse. I think he I think he perception wise isn't getting a whole lot of love. But if let's say at the end of the day, he's the coach that they pick, it wouldn't surprise me. Because for, for all the things I just said, uh, Udoka, I think, is a really good guy. He's been one of those assistants who's been on the come up for a while. And it seems that his time is now to get one of these head coaching jobs. So, again, I wouldn't have an issue with him. And, and Chauncey, I mean, shoot, I, everybody know I love me some Chauncey. That's my dude. Uh, so I would have no issues with any of those three guys getting a job. Because, again, I, I think that for where the Celtics are now, I think that's the way to go. And listening to Brad talk a little bit earlier this week uh, to the media, it's clear to me that Brad is trying to lay the groundwork for being solid now but create some salary cap space for the near future so they can go out and get them another piece to add to Tatum and Brown. And the best type of coach to have is one that can be patient enough with that process. And that's why I think the focus has been on assistant coaches because they're going to be so excited to get that first head coaching job that they're not going to be going in Brad's office after like a five game losing streak and be like, look, you got to give me better players. Uh, I'm better than this. Uh, yeah. I deserve better than this. And Brad's going to be like, did you see all them cats that Danny flipped on me my first couple of years? Right. I, there, there were literally, I mean, there were days when Brad Stevens would walk in the gym and be like, oh, Who's that? how you doing? <laughs> oh, wait, did, 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 I thought that, but I, yeah. What, so that's got? not going to happen when, that's not going to happen when you hire an assistant coach to be a head coach. They're going to be happy for the opportunity. They're going to roll punches because they know that everything you do that first year is part of your learning curve. It's part of that process of you figuring out what works, what doesn't work, who can I count on, who do I need to talk to my GM in the offseason about, about sending them walking papers because they they can't work with what I'm trying to do. So I, I, think, I think they're going to do well with that. 
And I think we're going to do well with our guest today. I'm kind of excited about this one. Uh, actually, I'm very excited about this because we're going to be we're going to be talking about, you know, one of my all time favorite Celtics, Mr. Al Horford, um, who, by the way, um, he's just a good dude. He's just a really good dude. Um, has good, good body products, too. Um, him and I actually share we, we share the same body wash, which which made me feel so damn good because I'm thinking like, man, look. It's the one thing that you can say you and this NBA ball got in common because it damn sure ain't bank account. It damn right. sure ain't jumper. It damn sure ain't height. So we got that. We got body washing. Who will know him better than one of his siblings? And that would be Anna Horford. Anna, welcome to the A-list podcast. I think. Oh, you're also an A, first of all. So you perfectly fit right into the podcast. We <laughs> always find them. Always find the A's <laughs> out there. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you guys. I am too. Uh, and in quality with them earrings, I'm sure the earrings are excited to have you here too. See, there's always, you just always have something to say. Just- I, I, I can't <laughs> help but just just acknowledge the coordinated effort that you put forth today. I do try. The I try. earrings with the top. You got the little, little, little queen dome actually going on with the yeah. hair. <laughs> Look at I'm you. I'm jealous. Look. I know. I wish I knew we were glamming like that. And I'm and- feel overdressed. So- and now... I regret everything. I'm gonna take my earrings off like halfway through. No, no, no. See, that's when people think you're ready to fight if you take the earrings off. We're not trying to fight here. We got number love on here. Number love, and we got number love for the Horford family. Uh, we're glad, glad y'all back. Um, glad y'all back. What has it been like though? I mean, being back in the Celtics family because it feels like you never really left, even though you were in Philly and OKC. Yeah, I mean, we always kind of kept that connection with Boston, Um, me and especially my younger siblings, Maria and Josh on Twitter and just, you know, being part of Weird Celtics Twitter and uh, social media and stuff. We never really like lost our love with Boston, but it's been so overwhelming, you guys. Like I'm still getting tweets and messages from Bostonians who are like, welcome back. We love you guys. Like and the news broke on Friday. And yeah. I'm still getting messages from you guys. It's been so awesome. I asked if you ever thought it would come full circle of Al coming back to Boston or you guys somehow finding your way we connected to the Boston area. Okay, so no one's going to believe me, but like, I swear to you guys, I fully manifested this. Like, <laughs> you know how they say when you think a thought over and over and over again, like it'll yeah. eventually come true. Like, yeah. I never gave up on, like, wanting Al back in Boston. And that's why I, like, kept so close with people in Boston and media in Boston. I just, like, had a feeling. But with the NBA, like, nothing's ever a sure thing. So we didn't know, obviously, 100%. But I was always hoping that we'd come back home. What is it about Boston, though, that that made it a place that you – and, and the Horford family felt so good about because you were before he came to Boston, he was in Atlanta for a really long time. Uh, and I know that for a long period of time that was home, but he really didn't seem to have that kind of awkward transition from being there to being in Boston. Yeah. So I have two questions for you in order to answer that question. Number one, have you been to Phillips Arena? Oh, I, I, yes. Many a time. Okay. Okay, so you've been to Phillips Arena. Number, question number two, have you been to TD Garden? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I knew, I knew she was going to go down Yikes. that route. <laughs> it's a big difference, isn't it? Like, 
we loved our time in Atlanta. Al was their franchise player. He was kind of their cornerstone. Um, you know, we had a really great team, especially in 2015. We had that 60 win team. Um, and they always embraced Al. They were always great, but nothing can really match the passion of Boston sports fans and just the camaraderie and how much you guys welcomed us into the fold. Um, that was just, that was a game changer. And, and so, I mean, that makes players like Al want to come back and like want to play in Boston. Yeah. And, and for me, it was, it was funny when Al came to Boston. Cause I actually, I used to work in Michigan when Al was in high school in Grand Rapids. And so I've literally known Al, of Al Horford since he was like 16, 17 years old. And he's, he was such a good dude. I mean, it was hard to find people that had something really bad to say about Al when he was coming up and I damn sure tried. I'm just telling yeah. you right now. Uh, yeah, because no. he, see, he's, he seemed like he was just too good to be true. Like, what? doesn't anyone have something bad to say about this dude? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a really wholesome guy, especially for a basketball player, because you guys know, like, the stereotypes and, mm. you, know, you know, like, the lifestyle that a lot of these guys live and stuff. And Al is just the most wholesome, nerdy, like, born-to-be-a-dad kind of guy ever in the entire world. And um, so it was Grand Ledge, not Grand Rapids. And I know anyone who listens to this from Grand Ledge would be like, you have to say the right <laughs> It's city. right there, though. You know, yeah, so, um, it's like literally a, right there. Yeah, it's a small town um, just west of Lansing. And, you know, um, there are other basketball families in the area, like Magic Johnson's from here. Johnson's from here. Um, Denzel Valentine's from here. So it's a really great area for basketball. And um, But, yeah, Al's always just kind of been that kind of player. Yeah, I've I've always been a big fan of his. And despite what some folks would say, there was nothing really average about your brother. Um, We'll get it. We'll get into our good friend a little later. But uh, (laughs) I I, I guess for what what made you confident that that things just might come full circle where he would be back in, in Boston, though? I really feel like it comes down to him being such a solid fit with the team. Like if you look at how he was, particularly with the young guys, when he was on the Celtics, he was just such a great mentor and someone for those guys to look up to. And I think people like Brad really value that. And so um, not just that, but the way he produces as well, he is, you know, a big who can pass and he can play defense and, um, he can get the offense going, which is something I know the Celtics kind of missed, um, last season and whatnot. And so I think he's just hoping that he can just help out in any way he can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Al has been an awesome fit, uh, certainly will be an awesome fit. When he's now that he's back, and for us here at the A-List Podcast, we got an awesome fit too, and it's known as BetOnline.ag, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Yes, baseball season is full swing, and we got the NBA playoffs still rolling along, as well as other sports, and you can get all the latest news odds and info for all your sporting needs, wants, and desires, real-time updated odds and prop bets, and almost anything and everything you can imagine. Uh, we need to get something on, on Kwani's uh, attire going forward. Is oh, she going to go God. the earrings or not earrings? We need to get some prop bets on that. Yeah, yeah, we need to get some action on that. Uh, but before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Take advantage of our 50% bonus with the promo code CLNS50. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. That is 
without question, one of my favorite parts of the show. Yeah, every like single week. Way to transition I'm, I'm like foaming at the <laughs> mouth over that stuff every every single week. Um, no, I know this was in your bio at one point, and I'm curious if it's still there. We're no. there, Kwani. I know it. This is one of the twin power activate. Hit it, Kwani. So, how many times have you gotten mistaken for being Al's wife on social media? <laughs> <laughs> I could not even. How many keep dollars it. would you have if you got a dollar for each one? <laughs> At least a hundred grand. Like it's been absolutely insane. And you guys, Google is free. Like it's free. So. <laughs> You can very easily go there and find Al's beautiful wife, um, as well as most of the rest of our family members. So, um, so yeah, not too difficult to research. So I'm not sure why so many people have such a hard time with it, but they always seem to. Also, who's someone that looks exactly like him? <laughs> Wait, who looks exactly like him? No, I'm saying it would be kind of weird. You guys all look alike. You have the, like the same. Oh yeah. No, a lot of people say that we look alike. Um, I don't quite get as many compliments on like my eyes and my eyelashes as Al. Yes. Just, like when your brother gets more compliments on that than you, it makes you feel like not that great about yourself. Um, that's another weird Celtics Twitter thing is that they're like they love Al's eyes. They just find them so dreamy. And me and my sister over here, like, yeah, we're just chopped liver. It's fine. No big deal. Like, so, yeah. Yeah, Alan and them eyelashes. I mean, I, I've literally seen the, the 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 magnetism of those eyelashes at work in a media scrum where Al is talking and he'll say something. And he'll be moving his head a little bit and their heads will be moving like as if they are absolutely in a, a trance. And I'm looking at that. I'm like, what the hell? And then I'm like, oh, okay. I get it. <laughs> I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh goodness. Here's the. I wanted to ask you though, because you do get mistaken for Al's wife a lot, which I still haven't quite figured out. I can understand when you when he first came to town. I get it. You just don't know anything yeah. about him. But yeah. you've gone out of your way to make it clear that you are his sister. What I want to know is this: How does Al's actual wife feel about that? Because I know she's got to be wondering, like. Y'all do know I'm a beauty queen, right? Yeah, like I'm literally, literally a beauty queen. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think she thinks it's funny. I mean, there are some times, like, still, and I don't know why, because Amelia and I don't look anything alike. Like, obviously, we're both Dominican and whatever, and we're both tall. We're about the same height. We're both about six feet tall. Um, But, like, besides that, we look nothing alike. And she'll go to games and people will be like, oh, my God, Anna, or like they and they think, you know, that she's me or I'm her. And I'm like, first of all, this is Miss Universe. I would never get mistaken. Like, I'm so surprised I'd ever get mistaken for someone that beautiful. And then second of all, like, I mean, it's just funny. We get mixed up all the time, especially like at games. And she's like some like one time she was like some fan came up to me and told me they really loved what I had to say on Twitter last night. And she's like, I wasn't on Twitter, so they must have met you like. So that kind of stuff happens, but yeah. I, I just find it so comical that, that they get y'all mixed up because it reminds me, why? Just, just you're, you're literally asking people to pay like a nanometer of attention to something that's pretty simple to figure out. Yeah, I think it's because, honestly, not as many um, sisters are as vocal as I am in the NBA community. Mm-hmm. So when they see 
Um, my last name, I think they just automatically assume I'm a wife because wives mm -hmm. are kind of a bit more in the spotlight and stuff. Um, and not that many like siblings are. So I would say that's probably a big reason why. To that point, no. though, did you start becoming that vocal sister? Because I don't know if it started when you were in Boston or in Atlanta. Oh, but you just blew up. <laughs> it started in the womb, Kwani. Um, I have <laughs> always been so protective of each other. And, um, but yeah, I mean, especially like, and I was like that in Atlanta, I just didn't have like the followers or like, um, you know, the, the following that I do now. Right. So, uh, I was just as loud back then as I am now. I just was kind of screaming more into the void. Um, and now if I tweet something ridiculous, it ends up, you know, on ESPN, they're like, Oh, there she goes again. Crazy. But, um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just, Especially when I got to Boston, I think just because the fan base, um, I think they almost respected like how gritty um, mm. I can be and honest and like, um, you know, if you come from my family, you come from me kind of thing. I think Boston like respects that. So I think that's why we've always kind of like gelled. Yeah. And, and whenever I, I ask Al about that, because it is different when you have your, your sibling, you know, just swinging at anyone who's swinging for, for bro. And we are very Al different people. Al and I are so different. Like he would not handle things the way I handle them. Yeah. And, and he, and he has literally said those exact words. Well, you know, me and Anna, we are very different. We don't handle everything the same way. And that's great. That that's how it should be. You should have cookie cutter siblings. Um, right. I know me, my, me and my sister, we're, di we're very different. So yeah. I get it that. It makes things exciting. It makes things exciting. So why not? Absolutely. You always have no. look out for the other anyway. I don't know if you guys have been following the WNBA and the Team USA Olympic roster, but Shanae Gumake <laughs> had to go all out for her sister, NECA, because she didn't make the roster. So she's like, I know she won't do this, so I'm going to do this. And you need siblings like that in an industry like yeah. that, I think, because if they're the, going to be the humble ones, who's going to speak up for them? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. And, and and again, it's it's so important to just, frankly, have a presence because Al's so damn quiet and laid back, just want to go out there and play. Every now and then I want to see Al get angry. Every now and then. He does sometimes. You guys have seen him like a little yeah. like feisty here and there. But you know what? I think he's always trying to like also set a good example. Right. Like as like boring as that sounds, I think he's really trying to like show the young guys how to be like the ultimate professional. And that's not getting mad at every little thing, you know, cause that's part of the game. Guys will try to get in mm -hmm. your head. They'll try to piss you off. And like one of your biggest superpowers can be ignoring them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, not, I just, as fun, used... it's not as fun to watch when they're, yeah. but you, you know, you know what, you know what was fun for me to watch though, whenever the Celtics would play the Sixers, and he's going up against Joel Embiid. And Joel is is trying to get in his head. He's trying to hit him with a cheap shot. He's trying to pull out all the bags and uh, all the tricks in the bag he got. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to see them on the same team freaked me out, and I ain't going to lie. It did oh, not feel too. good. Yeah, me too. I mean, they, they obviously, like, didn't gel together. Um but yeah, no, it was weird. Like I would see Alan a 76er jersey and I'd be like, mm, like, did we get the wrong like dry cleaning today? Or like it's just weird. He looks so much better in green. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it took it took a minute for them to figure out you're right. He this he this is he's not a sixer. Uh he's not. Uh and I'm I'm frankly, I was I was cool with that. 
I was very cool with that when you left. (laughs) (laughs) So let me ask you this. Um, Brad Stevens in his new role, very different than obviously when Al was here, when he was his coach, but in his new role, the very first move of significance that Brad makes is bringing Al back. What does that mean? What does that mean to your family? Because obviously that, that was a decision that, that Brad, you know, he knew this was going to be the beginning of his kind of, you know, putting his stamp on this team and to do that by bringing Al back, what does that mean to to, to you and your family? Yeah. I mean, I think it really speaks to Al's character. And I know that that sounds like cliche coming from me as his sister, obviously, but coaches don't have to do anything or like, or, you know, the front office doesn't have to do anything. Um, So I just, I feel like it just is a really big honor for Al, the fact that Brad wanted him back and um, that the Celtics brought him back. And I think, like I said, that really, really speaks to um, his character, the kind of person and player he is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I was because we had kicked around a bunch of different ideas and scenarios that that the Celtics might want to do uh, in terms of Brad's like first major move. And, and that, this was one of them. But I just didn't think that Brad, to be candid, which would pull the trigger that quick, that he would that he would make it happen this fast. I mean, my goodness. We ain't even and, I damn cool. and I'd love yeah. for people to question that. I'd yeah. love for people to take a second with that and like be like he wouldn't just do this on a whim or like willy-nilly or whatever there's a reason for everything and there's a reason for this and you know um not to kind of take away from philly but maybe we just got to trust the process (laughs) over in that 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 process that process in philadelphia is over yeah the process is our process (laughs) is just beginning so there you go Mic drop, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Kwani. Are we ready for some You know games? what time it is. And you know what time you. it is. We have games on the podcast, so you now have to play them because you are already are here. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm so down. Let's do it. All right, so our first what game. What game are we playing today? Okay. We're, we're playing starting five. So I'm going to say five words or phrases, and you just give me the first person or thing that comes to mind when I say that phrase. Oh my gosh, I'm nervous. <laughs> it's okay. It's gonna fly by. You won't even know what happened. Okay, go. So the okay, first do one. I, do I go first? Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna do all of them. I, okay. I guess you're right to answer too, but okay. I would rather hear your answers. Okay. <laughs> I would rather hear her answer. Right. So favorite Celtic not named Al. Jalen. Celtics fan. Good one. Celtics fan. Like, yeah, what do you think of when you hear Celtics fans? Crazy. Brad Stevens. Good coach. That's not one word. <laughs> okay. Sixers fans. Mean. Lou Merloni. <laughs> I can't say the word on okay. <laughs> Um, But I, I would say um, unprofessional. Okay. Ooh, I, I can I can roll with that. I can absolutely <laughs> roll with that. Starting five that? in the books. I said her starting five are in the books. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I got a question about you. Why Jalen? I'm just curious. I I love Jalen, but why? Why? What's your What's your reason for Jalen? I feel like 
first of all, he has so far to go, like, as far as where his game's going to go. Like, improvement and his ceiling is so high. And I love that he just always stays so chill and humble and he's grounded. And I also really love that he is a player who's not afraid to speak out on social issues. Um, He's a bit of an activist, which I really, really admire because, um, you know, that's it's it's, you know, important if you're taking a stand as an athlete and you have the, you know, the spotlight on you and stuff. And, um, and I've always just kind of vibed with him and stuff. And, um, he's always just been super chill down to earth, humble. And, um, I think he's a great player as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we would be remiss if we didn't talk about some of the things that you, that, that you, Anna Horford are involved with. And I'm thinking specifically about just advanced apathy and, and blueprint athletes. Could you talk a little bit, tell us a little bit about, about those two things? Yeah. Um, so Advanced Apathy is a clothing line that our youngest brother, the youngest Horford brother, Josh, started. Um, So you can follow Advanced Apathy on Twitter or Instagram. And he's got some really cool um, clothing and whatnot. It's a Black-owned small business, which I think is really important for, you know, um, people to support. And then Blueprint Athletes is... um, It's run by our oldest brother, John. He is the owner and founder. It's a basketball training app. um, And it's unlike any other app you've ever seen. It's amazing. Um, And he has a code out right now. And of course, I can't remember the code. I think it's like blue team or something. But if you go to the Blueprint Athletes page, you can see it and you can get um, a free um, a free guide or a free month of blueprint athletes. Um, but it's really cool. Cause John was a professional basketball player as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, mm-hmm. um, don't realize that. And, um, he's basically taken everything he's learned from some of the best coaches in the country, put it into an app. Um, and you know, you can track stats and you can, um, track your, your personal game and, and, there's a there's a ton to it, so it's amazing. Um, and then, of course, I have the Horford Happy Hour podcast on CLNS Media. Had to plug that as well. Right um, on this network. <laughs> yes, on this network. So um, look out for my next season of that, and hopefully, I'll be able to host an event in Boston. Quanti uh, went to one that I hosted with Cedric Maxwell a couple uh, seasons ago, which was really really fun. Funny. Um, so hopefully, we can do that sometime soon again. Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. I may have to give my man Nick Gelso a call and see if Nick can make that happen. We should yeah. do a collab. Look, I'm just stealing your shine. We should do an A-list she is absolutely- collaboration of it. Oh, my gosh. I, that would be so fun. I would love I to knew Kwani was going there. Course, you know I got to market everybody. In this. Yeah, we can make it a big absolutely. deal. We'll have all the siblings come out. It'll yeah. be so fun. It's I love happy party. hour. Yeah, and and of course we'll have happy hour. I got a little too lit with Cedric last time, but I've learned from my mistakes. (laughs) Well, see, if you've got family around, that's okay, because family got your back. They'll make sure that you don't... Family got your back. Yeah, she ain't doing that crazy. I can can attest to that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Anna Horford. Man, this was great. We got to do this again, Kwani. We got to figure out how to get Anna back on here. I don't know when. We got to do it again. This Anytime. was fun. Anytime. Awesome. Awesome. And a horror for John. See, Sherrod loves to make fun of me, but here we are. That was such a great segment with Anna. <laughs> oh, and you got to show off them earrings, girl. I do. You know, don't hate don't hate the player. I hate the game. But the way she coordinated, got the shoulders out 
gosh, oh, look you at this. Buddy flexing the guns. Flexing the guns. I wasn't even doing all of that. Come on now. <laughs> what was your biggest takeaway from Hannah, though? You know what? I, the, the, I think she had a lot of good stuff to say. And, 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 and just great personality. Funny as hell. Um, yeah. For me, I, I guess it was probably her talking about the differences between Boston and some of the other places Al has been, you know, fans in Philly kind of mean fans nowhere to be found really in at Phillips arena uh, because it's, they just haven't, even when the team was good, they still had trouble drawing. Now they're doing better, obviously, but um, you know, that, that I I like that. I I like the, you know, Joel Embiid, Al kind of owned him uh, for the longest time. And to see them on teammates, it didn't feel right to me. And Anna agreed. Uh, did did have a good feel. There was a lot. She had a lot of good stuff to say. Um, but I'm excited about what we might be doing down the road with Miss Horford. Yeah, uh, a little. That was that. Way, way to go, Kwani. Way to throw that out there and get that ball rolling. Brainstorm. We got to get Nick, get Nick Gelso involved to make that happen. Yeah, I think that'd be a really cool event. Our podcast following and hers and. Cedric's. I think there'd be so many different types of Celtics fans that it'd be a really cool event. So absolutely, mark your calendar. Just block off the next four months because I don't have a date yet. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, be wait. Is it here yet? Is it here yet? Are we? Are is it, we is it today? <laughs> I do love how Al's story has come full circle for Boston, though. It, mm. like she said, is very evident. The leadership that he brought to the locker, not only in the locker room but on the floor as well. So. Her saying that kind of reconfirmed that for that to be Brad's first move in the front office, it makes you wonder how long he's been waiting to pull the trigger and bring him back when he was able to get the authority. So I'm very excited to see what he can do with this team this year. They're still very young. We talk about that all the time. So for him to bring that solid veteran presence that we've seen over the years, I think it's going to mesh right back into this Boston team. Yeah, and and that was you know when you think back to just some of the issues they had last year, a lot of it would I think came down to inexperience. Just a lot of guys being asked to do things that, frankly, guys in their first, second year in the league aren't expected to do. You're not expected to be a significant contributor to a playoff team unless you're like a top five, top ten pick. And if you're picked that high, there's a reason why you're picked that high because the team drafted you sucked the year before, and so you know it was kind of a catch twenty two for a lot of the young guys. So I I do like the fact that Brad is frankly, using the wisdom that comes with getting your head bashed in as a head coach. And he's mm-hmm. figuring out how to at least minimize that going forward in his new role. So uh, props to Brad. Props to Brad. Mm-hmm. Props to our good friends at betonline.ag who keep the A-list podcast pumping away. Yes. Uh, visit our good friends and exclusive partners. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use that sweet, oh, so sweet, Promo code CLNS50 uh, for your sign-up bonus, betonline.ag. My people. Always. Ride or die. They've been riding with the podcast since the beginning. <laughs> That's right. That's what right. What do you have uh, coming up with all of the thousands of jobs that you have now? I just oh, added really down. We're, we're, we're down to like only 72 right now. So so okay. we, we, we're trying to scale back. Yeah. yeah no, uh, I'm going to be uh, in Atlanta. I'll be doing some stuff for Bleach Report, actually, at, for the playoffs, the series down there. Uh, I'll also be writing a, a column for Ebony.com as well as writing for 
uh, Boston Sports Journal this weekend. And now I'm also back to uh, doing a little summer school teaching at BU. Uh, So the plate is extremely full. But you know what? I got this. Uh, Because, look, got to eat. I got to eat. He has to eat, but he doesn't have to sleep, people. That's exactly the message that we're getting here. Because I'm not sure where they And I got to feed people. Four hours. That's my number. Give right. me four hours okay. of sleep, and I'm and I'm and I'm your dude. I'm your, your dude. So what you got going, Kwani? Ten questions is still up and running. We actually did an emergency. Uh, it was the first emergency version of it when we found out that Al Horford would be back in Boston. So you'll hear more from Anna if you want to get a little more information about you know how she reacted to it in real time. Also, I'm still doing the Boston mayoral candidate series. So if you oh, are living in the Boston area and We'll be voting in November. We have two more interviews that are set, need to be set up. One is set up for these candidates. So if you're planning on voting, make sure that you're informing yourself about the people that are running for mayor in this historic Boston election. So that's going to be a fun one. Look at you. You talk about me, girl. You got a pretty hefty plate there yourself now, don't <laughs> no sleep. Come on now. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Another podcast in the books. Another one in the books. I don't even know what episode number we're at anymore. I lost count. 28. Wow. 28. Wow. I'm keeping track. Because I'm looking for <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for there's a magic, there's a magic podcast number that that I got in mind. And and I'm once we hit that, it's we we, Will we you need to tell me when you get there with that number. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the day before. Okay, cool. Because that, that'll give you enough time to put to, to coordinate your earrings and your outfit for that particular <laughs> special occasion. Right. All right. Perfect. I'm going to start pulling now, though, just to be safe. <laughs> Money rocking the fuchsia. Go, girl. Oh, my gosh. Go, girl. I appreciate all the compliments. If you're listening and you can't see what I'm wearing, then head to YouTube so you can see what everyone's been talking about this entire episode. Kwani got the coordinated fuchsia <laughs> earrings, which I've never seen fuchsia earrings in my life. And she got the coordinated top on Look at you with the queen action, looking like you're a Juneteenth queen. Right, look. Looking like a Juneteenth queen over here. I will add one more plug. If you want to check out what Juneteenth in Boston looked like at Franklin Park, head over to NBC10Boston.com as well. We got there at like 7 a.m. You were with someone. Yeah. Who was the reporter that you were with on that? So it was the three, we're all digital producers, Shira, Stoll, and Marcos. We got there early. They got there earlier than me. I'm not going to lie. But we were able to gather all the content, see all, give you the scenes of what the day looked like. And then the mayor actually, Kim Janey, showed up and we got a soundbite from her as well. So it was really a day of community celebration. The first one back since the pan. Well, I know we're still in the pandemic, but the first Franklin Park celebration since 2019. So it was extra Mm. special for people to really have that family reunion feel that they weren't able to have last year. Cool. Very cool. Very good video. Cool. Good article. Check it out. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, again, another podcast in the book. In the book. For Kwani A. Lunas, Ashraf Blakely, A-List Podcast. Uh, check us out next week. We'll have more fresh to death content for you all. Oh, for Kwani, this is Sherrod. We are out.